This time on episode 323 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk Jessica Jones season two, episodes three, aka Soul Survivor, and episodes four, aka God Help the Hobo, and your weekly Marvel news. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting, part of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. (laughs) And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. This show is recorded on Sunday, March 15th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Paris Helene Day. I had never heard of these, and looking at this description, it sounds amazing. It looks like something that I'd want to make this week. Go for it, if you could find pears. (laughs) At ours, fresh fruit and like the perishables minus the meat, are still kind of available. So there's a chance. There is. Our grocery stores here are fully stocked. I mean, we went through the whole rush thing a few days ago, but they're fully stocked now. And I think there's no shortage of anything. It was just a distribution in bulk issue. So I think in a couple of days, yeah, I'll venture back and I will get some pears and try this up because it sounds great. Listener, if you are a Paris Helene fan or know how to make one or like them or whatever, please let us know because this was new to all three of us. I think Michelle is new to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Paris Helene is a dessert made from pears poached in a sugar syrup and served with vanilla ice cream, chocolate syrup, and originally crystallized violets, but lately have been replaced by sliced almonds. So that sounds amazing. Not quite sure where this originated from, or I should say the National Day calendar is not quite sure where this originated from, but I will say thank you to whoever started it because it looks interesting. So we'll give her a good go. At least I will this week. Anyway, we got a full show today, so let's continue. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We have some news items about that today, believe it or not the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes in general. Because of quality wigs. For those of you who are only listening and didn't see the video, I just whipped off a wig. If you'd like to talk to us about high-quality wigs, please visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can also call our voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843- 2871. You can find us on Facebook, Legends of Shield Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of Shield. You can see that fabulous wig reveal on YouTube at youtube.com slash gunageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. 
And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnerGeek.com network. Well, ladies, it is almost a full house tonight. We are without Agent Haley. She still does not have her computer set up. I think she has internet. She didn't say anything about the internet, but her computer is not set up. And we did mention when both y'all moved that it takes a while to set your computer back up. So you haven't been here in a while, Lauren. Welcome back to the show, by the way. How long did it take you to set up your computer? Oh, geez. I actually had to have it set up pretty quickly because I was working on an audiobook at the same time I was out as I was moving and dealing with back pain. So we got my computer set up before we had food in the closet, in the, the pantry. So what you're saying is that Haley should experience some back pain and then her computer will get set up quicker? What I'm saying is that Haley needs to take it at her own pace so she doesn't get back pain. Ah, I got it. Well, we are hoping to have her back next week, and we're hoping to have final thoughts on Legion from both of you when Haley returns next week. Meantime, we do have a couple of episodes of Jessica Jones to get through, so let's get to it. Jessica Jones, Season 2, Episode 3, a.k.a. Soul Survivor, and Season 2, Episode 4, a.k.a. God Help the Hobo, premiered on Netflix March 8th, 2018. It was when the whole series was premiered. By the way, I asked the question before, what is the correct vernacular of talking about a series that has just been dropped in our laps? And the correct vernacular is premiered on the certain date, which was March 8th, 2018. Lauren, did you know it had been... Four years since we talked about Jessica Jones. I was actually thinking about that when I was checking IMDb today. So this episode premiered two years ago, but the last time we talked about Jessica Jones in its solo series, in her solo series, was four years ago. It was 2016. Yeah, the the series, I think, premiered in 2015, if I'm remembering IMDb correctly. And that made me think about how long we've been doing this podcast. and. You guys, time is really weird. It is. The last time we talked about Jessica Jones on screen was with the Defenders, which I thought was a lot later than we talked about it, but it was 2017. So it's been three years since we talked about the Defenders. What is time? (laughs) There you go. Well, in the meantime, as we pontificate what is time, Lauren, why don't you run us through the creative team behind AKA Soul Survivor? This episode was directed by Merzi Almas who has 33 directing credits starting in 2001, including nine of Smallville, one episode of Alphas, two episodes of Being Human, one of Haven, two of Defiance, three of Lost Girl, one of Shadowhunters, two of Lucifer, which I finally watched all the way through, amazing, two of Arrow, one of Supergirl, five of The 100, four of Legends of Tomorrow, which I need to catch up on, two of Jessica Jones, and one of Batwoman, which I also need to catch up on. And it was written by Lisa Randolph, who has 10 writing credits starting in 2002, with two of The Shield, seven of Being Human, four of Rain, two of Star Trek Discovery, also need to catch up on, four of Jessica Jones, two of Prodigal Son. So this is a really experienced team. It is. And I was watching the credits as I was watching this episode earlier today going, "Ooh, I know these. This is going to be a good episode. And it was as the first two have been. And Michelle, 
I went back in my Wayback Machine, and I was wondering if you were with us for our last episode on Jessica Jones back in season one. You were not on that episode. So if you have anything you want to say about season one, feel free to at the end of the podcast. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though, what is time? Well, why don't you run through the creative team behind the second episode that we're going to talk about today, a.k.a. God Help the Hobo. This episode was directed by Deborah Chow, who has 24 directing credits starting in 2002, including two Murdoch mysteries, one Beauty and the Beast, one Mr. Robot, one Vampire Diaries, one Iron Fist, six Rain, one Jessica Jones, one Lost in Space, one Snowball, one Better Call Saul, and two of The Mandalorian. Excellent show. Check it out. Written by Jack Kenny, who has 14 writing credits starting in 1997, including two of The Secret World of Alex Mack, six Caroline in the City, seven Warehouse 13, two Falling Skies, and three Jessica Jones. And the show is based on the Marvel comic by Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatos. So we have two episode titles this week. Lauren, I'm going to stick you with the first one, Soul Survivor. What could that title mean for the theme of the episode? Well, it's obviously named after a Dean Koontz novel. No, I'm kidding. It is because Jessica is the sole survivor of the accident that killed her family. And if this keeps up, if this plot keeps up, she might be the sole survivor of the IGH experiment treatment yeah we'll find out what that is later on i have not seen the rest of the series i know michelle has but it's been several years and i'm guessing you did not see the complete season two either no i have a very bad habit as i think we've discussed before of starting something then getting distracted hopping onto the next thing not finishing that and so on and so forth so instead of a squirrel you're saying that you have a lauren yes okay So, Michelle, why don't you run down the theme for the second episode, God Help the Hobo? Well, they find out about Inez Green, and they they think she is the latest IGH experiment. And Jessica actually says the thing, God Help the Hobo, who crosses her because they find out she lives in condemned buildings. And we find out that the hobo in question really... Yeah, we find out that the monster is, well, I don't want to call him the monster. That's the wrong thing. They refer to, you know, the killer as the monster, but I really don't like doing that. But they find out the killer isn't her. All right. I enjoyed watching these two episodes. It really gave me a private investigative feel to the episodes, probably more so than last year a little bit. And I did continue watching last year's episodes in the background. I didn't get as far as I I think episode six or so is where I'm at. But this season, to me, is more of a P.I. feel than the first season. I think they really dialed that in. I know that we had a P.I. feel during the first season, but the season is more of it, especially with all the investigations that is going on in these two episodes, as you have the entire team going out there and looking for clues for various things. And it was just nice to see. It was a nice feel, and it would really get you grounded that we're not talking necessarily about Marvel superheroes. We're talking about our favorite private investigator. Yeah, one thing that I liked about the comics that continues through with the series is, yeah, it's very noir-inspired. And while the first season, yeah, it had that noir flavor, but it's very much like an internal story about Jessica. 
Here, we continue the internal story, but because we don't have that singular figure from her past coming in right away, it's like there's more time to do the whole let's investigate cases and let's, you know, find the missing files. And yes, it's, I don't know, I dig it. I've been thinking a lot about noir inspired stuff lately. What about you, Michelle? Do you think it had a, a good noir slash private eye sort of feel to it? We're finally seeing Jessica be the head of Alias Investigation. We finally see her investigating. She actually starts a wall, which is, of course, the first thing you need to do when you're investigating something is create the board and perhaps use yarn. But she didn't use yarn. But she had her, her board looking at connections, finding addresses, finding and it's not just her, it's also Trish, because Trish is also on the, I want to be a journalist, I want to find the truth, I want to be special and find information, and it even makes her go really above when she puts it out there about Hanson and really exposes herself to danger. So, Lauren, I think you're the correct one to answer this question, and Michelle, chime in if you have an answer to it as well. But you mentioned the board, and you mentioned the yarn with the board, where you're connecting different bits of clues up on the board. I never have thought about it until right now, but what is the correct yarn to use on an investigated board? Okay, it depends. I'm not sure... If anybody here is familiar with mind maps, it's a way of planning and a way of getting your thoughts out. It's like you start with a central thing and then you branch out from there and you have the things that are connected to it. You can draw those connections in and you can do it all in one color like people, you know, in, in movies. I, the, the thing I'm thinking of specifically is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You might have seen this picture um, floating around online of Charlie Day with the conspiracy map in the background that says Pepe Sylvia and it's all in red yarn and he's screaming at it. Or if you wanted to be more organized, you could use different color yarn to try and be like, okay, blue is for they don't know each other. Red is an intimate connection. Green is circumstantial stuff. I don't know. But what I'm saying is there is no one correct way to do a conspiracy map. So it doesn't matter what kind of yarn it is. It's just whatever color makes sense to you. Yes. Okay. Also, I would not recommend chunky yarn because that would take up a lot of room. So a nice sport or DK, perhaps. Maybe even fingering weight. Who knows? Lace too small, chunky too large. All right. The next time I'm in the Walmart yarn aisle, I will look at those selections and see what I would take if I was doing the same thing. Of course, me, it would just be twine because, you know, farm and that's what I have in the garage. You could also use twine. So that would, you know, that would work as long as it's something that is clearly visible and understandable to you. And perhaps something that will not be understood by anybody that's trying to take a picture and scoop you. Yeah. Okay. Well, Michelle, we started this episode out with something that was very unique because we are in a summer Olympic year. It's still to be determined whether or not we're going to have the Olympics later on this year. But I think Jessica would really excel at the Olympic body hurl. 
If that was a sport, she would definitely get a gold medal. She's very good at throwing things. She's also very good at demolishing padlocks. Like no padlock is safe in the presence of Jessica Jones. I was thinking about that. So she just grabs the padlocks and she she rips them down and she rips them apart. But her fingerprints are still on the padlocks. Yeah, that bothers me a little bit when she's breaking into the hospital, I think, in episode two. At first, I'm like, oh, good. She's wearing gloves. And then, no, they're her fingerless gloves, which are super fun and cozy. But if you're breaking and entering, and this is not advice, this is a critique of the technique in the show, but you really should wear latex gloves, nitrile gloves, or, I mean, cloth gloves, but then you're leaving fiber evidence. Leather gloves would be good. Again, this is not advice. Mm. That was even thinking about fiber from cloth. Okay. Good to know. Good to know if I ever have to do that. No, it was bugging me because her hair was loose, so it could fall out. They could get no hair into the chain, maybe, and and pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. And again, not advice, but if they wanted to make it look professional, she should have her hair pulled back, maybe under a cap, like, you know, you would if you were doing food services and gloves. So another thing that bothered me from that body hurl scene was they just left the SUV there. They said they had to wipe it down. But if you're looking for the body, wouldn't you look for the body somewhere around where the vehicle is, including in the water? Well, we we don't actually see where they put the vehicle. That's part of the missing thing, like where did they put the car? We know that Trish took the arsenal. <laughs> Which she could barely carry. At least at the time. And we'll get to that later. All right. So she can definitely hurl things, including she can hurl balls, little rubber balls that you're bouncing around the walls. Michelle, what's going on? We, I'm grateful that we got back to this because I believe it was episode one. But she, Jessica Jones, is dealing with anger management. Yes. When you have court ordered anger management or a program, you do have a card that needs to be signed by the person who is running it. Jessica tries to do the whole sign it now, let me go bypass technique. The person running it was like, no. And he has this technique. You take a rubber ball and you say what's angering you and you hit the rubber ball against the wall. And then it's Jessica's turn and she starts talking about everything and everyone's having that, oh, what the, what the, what, what? Look, and then she actually breaks the ball and the guy is just like, yeah, let me sign the thing. Let me sign the thing. I don't care if you only have 20 minutes in here. I don't care. Here's take it. Go. (laughs) I think a little bit of that was also what she was saying and just everything that she was dealing with. They're like, oh, those are actually real issues. So, yeah, maybe your anger is controlled, but just I don't know. And I don't know how many hours of anger management that she has to undergo. I don't remember them saying how many it was lauren do you remember i don't believe i just watched it last night i don't believe they said anything about hours just i have to go to anger management now and um i would argue that she might need it now more than ever just because okay so obviously he's scared of her because she just broke this like i don't know lacrosse ball whatever it is and yeah she does have some really messed up issues. She needs therapy. 
she needs something that's not booze as a coping mechanism and yeah she needs some of those post infinity war support groups yeah maybe with captain america there so he can kind of help her with her anger he could act yeah. as a punching bag yeah. or something like that i think captain america would be good black widow would probably honestly have a lot to talk with her about talking yes uh i'd worry about her she's not fragile but she can't take a beating like the rest of them no but again jessica's like i don't kill people yeah she'll you know she'll throw you across the room if she thinks you're trying to attack her but we don't really as far as i can remember see her punch first unless she's in like direct danger I was thinking back on this too when she's like, I'm not a killer. I'm not a killer. And unfortunately, I mean, I don't know how Elon Musk feels about this, but I do believe Jessica has an issue with Tesla. I think she has an issue with pedophiles. Okay. Could be both, but yes, definitely the latter. So you don't think the car is really the manufacturer electric vehicles. She doesn't have a thing against that. Well, Jessica could be a huge Grimes fan and be mad that Musk ruined her career or, you know, no, I'm kidding. I think it was, again, not punching the person, but showing she means business by doing damage to an object that belongs to them, which, by the way, is a red flag. So not a great look, but better than, you know, punching him in the face full power arguably <laughs> we all got a little of a instructional on how to go grocery shopping in texas i mean we talked about the bag that trish took but do you really need that when you go grocery shopping in texas on a normal day just any given normal day in texas do you need to take automatic weapons with you no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah uh for those who might not know gun culture is big in texas and yeah, you know, it's fun to target shoot, you know, hunting is a thing people do. If you have like land or something, wild hogs are a problem and will mess everything up and they are very dangerous. And that's, you know, what you would need an automatic weapon for because they are extremely dangerous and extremely tough. But just to go down to like HEB or Kroger for like a sandwich. No, no. Okay, good to know. Because I don't think Foggy would really survive down in Texas like that. By the way, we did get a Foggy sighting. He came in to try to help Jerry. I was so happy. It was just a scene. It was a sighting. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I don't think he's gone forever. If it was just this one scene to cross over, okay. But I just have a feeling that Foggy's going to be back again. It just... I know the Netflix shows, they've tried to distance them. The movies have tried to distance themselves from the, sh the Netflix shows. And they're not in their own little universe, but it's like their own little pocket of the MCU. But it does still give me that it's all connected feeling. It was nice to see that. And also, it accentuated the fact that Jerry Hogarth is dealing with ALS. We did not say exactly what it was the last two episodes, but it was confirmed that it was ALS. So she has somewhere between two to eight years to live. And then she is dealing with alternative treatments that are outside the country. I believe she bought something from Russia. It was kind of hard 
for me to determine exactly where it was. It was from Russia. It was in Cyrillic in any case. And it was pentobarbital, which again, living in Texas, Texas has, can I say hard on? Texas has a hard on for the death penalty. And pentobarbital is one of the chemicals that's commonly used in lethal injection. Yeah. So she's trying to cheat the the other way. She doesn't want to get well, what happens is she's seen another lady on the street that's dealing with some sort of ALS like, if not straight out ALS disease, and she doesn't want to get to that point. So she just wants to end it all when she can. And she even goes to her doctor asking for a variety of different things like experimental treatments or ultimately uh, something to end everything. And she just takes manners into her own hands and she's going to try to do that. I'm wondering if this is legal. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't searched for it. I, I don't know if you can actually buy something like that from another country and have it get through customs. But for the sake of the show, we'll say yes. Technically, you can buy anything if you know where to look. But currently, doctor-assisted suicide is not legal in most U.S. states. And ALS, okay, ALS is terrible. We all remember the Ice Bucket Challenge from a few years back. There's actually a, um, I forget his name right now, but I was listening to an interview with him. He has a site called Dying Out Loud, where he's been chronicling you know, his journey through ALS and coming to peace with the end of his life and navigating the legal system and just a lot of contemplations. It's worth a read if you can, you know, mentally, if you're in a good place. And Jerry, because she's somebody who needs control, she doesn't want to be like, the woman with the mobility issues, somebody that people have to help up. That's why I think she chases Foggy off so aggressively. She doesn't want to be pitied. She wants to stand on her own, live life on her own terms. I don't know. I'm interested in seeing where the show handles that, like how it handles that. She talks about her father having brain cancer. And when you watch someone deteriorate, it's very difficult. I had my great-grandmother and grandmother had, well, back then, they all classified it as dementia, but it's probably more Alzheimer's. And watching that happen, it's painful. And she just, she doesn't want to go through all of that. Difficult to blame somebody for not wanting to do that. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out in the series, though. Yeah. So Malcolm, we talked about Malcolm last episode, and I'm really enjoying the path that they've set Malcolm on. Malcolm is entirely different character than he was in season one. You know, I went through the whole, the purple man is using him to spy on Jessica Jones as a rewatch season one and the addict and everything. And he has completely turned his life around and he's really trying to be a part of something and help Jessica Jones. But he's also falling back into the same Jessica Jones of uh, relationship issues, I would think. And I, I don't know. What is it? Marissa, Mariah, Maisie? I don't know. what <laughs> Did he ever get that right? We will never know. But Malcolm 
is really progressing and I'm really enjoying the character. Michelle, you still liking the way that this character is projecting? I do. It's very interesting how he progresses. I don't want to say too much because, yes, it's been two years since I've watched this, but I do remember some very interesting things happening to Malcolm. I'm trying to really be very careful right now because I'm getting some of the things blurred up because it's all coming. It's all because it's been two years. It's all sort of like smooshed together. But watch his dynamic. Like he stood up to Jessica. That has ramifications. And him teaming up with Trish. That has ramifications. Definitely. I mean, he's her new boyfriend on the side, according to the paparazzi. The stuff with the first Marissa, Mariah, Maisie, and then the second woman that he brings home. You hear a lot about, and okay, the stuff that I'm addicted to is not chemical, but you hear a lot about like addicts trading one addiction for another, like I think it's it's like a really common stereotype that people who go to rehab tend to smoke a lot of cigarettes because it's, you know, again, it's trading one addiction for another. I mean, again, and it's not a hard, fast thing. It's just kind of like the, one of those commonly repeated phrases. He, by virtue of being young, attractive, and hanging out with somebody who's, I guess, also promiscuous, has been sort of leaning on casual sex and again nothing wrong with that as long as you use protection get tested blah 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 but i think he even says to jessica something about you know how it is with addicts something like that i like that he has become more confident we found we found him initially in just that terrible place of addiction and being used by the purple man and now he's found his footing he's on his way he has a goal And he's on his way to that goal. But, you know, because it's a TV show, there's going to be all sorts of twists, turns, rewrites. I don't know. Yeah, Trish did the inhaler that was Simpsons. If you look at her reaction, she really enjoyed that boost. And if you haven't noticed, Trish said a couple of times that she's been sober for 10 years. And here she has this very nice performance enhancer coupled with her desire to be a hero. Remember, there is this dichotomy between Trish and Jessica. You have powers, you should help people versus I have powers. Why can't I just sit at home and Netflix and chill? That really, it goes on for the rest of the season. I really loved that detail. Again, one thing that I wish they had changed when she does the inhaler and they focus on her eyes, her eyes, the the pupils go into like pinpricks and the room gets brighter. That's not how it works. Your eyes dilate to take in more light and that would make the room brighter. It was a little detail, but it was enough to annoy me. Yeah, I think the insinuation was the vision gets sharper, but I agree. And being a very, very, very amateur film photographer, I know the larger aperture on a lens leads to more light getting in. And in low light situations, you need a bigger aperture or a longer exposure, not a narrow one. So yeah, yeah, I 
totally agree there. The other thing about the inhaler is I have no idea if she had sanitized it or not. And <laughs> that is kind of gross in this day and age. So I hope she sanitized that. I hope she had wipes on it or something because he just put her mouth on it and let her rip. Although I guess she was intimate with Simpson at one point. I don't know. Is this going to be like our generation's smoking in movies? Like you look back, people who are, I guess, from my generation and a little younger, you look back at older movies and you're like, wow, everyone was smoking. People were smoking on airplanes. What's going on? And now I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying things like, I'm watching this commercial, I'm watching this show, and I keep getting worried because they're touching things. And I don't know, it's just really interesting how cultural norms shift and grow with, you know, cancer. We found out cigarettes were causing cancer. And now we're like, okay, turns out if you touch everything and never wash your hands, you're spreading things. I don't know. Yeah. I actually, I think this week I'm going to take my beard off for that very same issue is it can catch a lot of things with pollen mainly. That's my issue. But if it catches pollen, it will catch other things. So, and usually I go till April 1st, but it is May 15th, and I, I think I'm going to take it off two weeks at a time. <laughs> yeah, uh, shaving the beard for the Ides of March. <laughs> yeah, it's normally not what it is, but I think it's what it's going to turn in this year for multiple reasons. We did have two new characters that were introduced to us in these episodes. You had two women introduced uh, Michelle, do you want to run down those two characters, the doctor and, and the, I believe the nurse, and, and tell us a little bit about their background? <laughs> well, we learn that at IGH had someone else that they experimented on, and there were two nurses. One, the patient just killed outright with how Simpson was killed with the whole head being turned 180. Ow. And then we find Inez Green, who was the other nurse who got slammed into glass. And again, I'm, things are getting into <laughs> my thing and I don't like I know who that is. I can talk about the doctor if you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> OK, we find out there was a doctor there, Lisa Hansen, when Jessica breaks in and finds the, the nameplate under just like a layer of dirt on the door so they start to trish decides you know on her radio show put out feelers hey we're doing this whole thing about everyday heroes uh hero is a doctor who did a lot of things and if you knew anything about them call us and somebody calls and they're like yeah they they are lisa hansen and she wants to talk and that's when jess tells malcolm no sit on trish don't let her leave and, well, I don't think she says don't let her leave, which is what causes some problems later. But Jessica goes to meet with this doctor who seems very visibly shaken, talks a little bit about the program. And then they get in a superpower fight in the middle of the bar, which, is it just me or is this bar Josie's from Daredevil? It looked a lot like just a matter of fact, I think she was in a bar that was like Josie's in season one, really. I think it's the same scene, the same bar that they use. They had the same wood paneling stuff. So, yeah, I think it's very similar. Yeah, and we find out after, because of Trish and Malcolm, Trish 
runs to try to catch the meeting, tell Jessica, because that's when her contact at the morgue calls to be like, hey, the head that we found, that we found, finger quotes, it's Lisa Hansen. And they're like, oh no, it's a trap. So Trish is running, paparazzi is there, paparazzi starts snapping pictures of her and Malcolm because Jessica had called to say, oh, she broke up with her boyfriend to try to force her to stay in because otherwise she's going to run into the paparazzi. So while this paparazzo is taking pictures, he snaps one of quote unquote Lisa Hansen. And we realize she's wearing a wig. She is indeed. And that gets us all sorts of stuff later on. But we did have a couple of new characters. Also, let's talk about Jessica's boyfriend, because I don't really think that he should be Jessica's boyfriend right now. We're talking about the landlord? No, no, not the the landlord. And I'm sorry, I said Jessica's boyfriend. I meant Trisha's boyfriend. Okay. So I don't think Trisha's boyfriend should be Trisha's boyfriend right now. I think both she and Jessica need time to work on themselves, make self-care a priority. But again, them kind of comparing and contrasting, Trish moves from Simpson into this new relationship with this guy, Griff, who I guess is some sort of, I forget what he does, but he's something with media since he says, oh, I'll get you a job at my company. And yeah, he seems like a nice guy. He seems perfectly nice, but he's not really, I think, equipped to deal with what Trish is dealing with right now. Well, he's sneaking around behind her back. Also that I forgot about that. He does make a phone call. That sounds very sketchy. And steals stuff off her computer. Yep. Yeah. I think Michelle doesn't want to say anything right now, not to be tripped up. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Price. Price is the other PI in the area. He's full of himself. And uh, yeah, so Lauren, what's up with Price this week? Well, he's played by Prax from The Expanse. I would be shocked if you didn't mention that last episode, SP. I did not. I was waiting for you to come back, honestly. Oh, I wanted you to thank mention you. it. I got so happy. I Terry Chen's a cool dude. We have mean Prax. Prax in The Expanse is a cinnamon roll. And here... Price is, he's a jerk. He's a D-bag. He's very self-interested. I like when Jerry's like, you got beat by a girl, deal with it. And he's continues to be like, no, that's not it. He's again, like Jerry, I think somebody who needs to be in control at all times. And he, we find out at the end of episode four, sends somebody in to steal all of Jessica's case files, including her conspiracy board. I think he's making a bunch of mistakes. Maybe there's something underlying of what's going on. Like he's connected to like one of the gangs or whatever that Jessica went in under the, um, the defenders or something like that. But he is just trying to push her out as competition. And honestly, if you compare their two agencies, there is no competition in my mind, but maybe I'm missing something. I mean, dude, why are you worrying about her? You shouldn't because. She is a one-man band. Yes, she's got Malcolm, but you have this whole suite of offices and a whole suite of employees. People are going to come to you when they want well-researched stuff. If they want the nitty-gritty down to the, I don't know, street-level thugs sort of thing, they'll go to Jessica. It's just two different clientele, in my opinion. Well, Jerry set him on the path of Jessica. He was used by Jerry in order to get Jessica back in the fold. Jessica said no. 
I don't think Price is used to people saying no to him. No, he is not. There's definitely a theme in this show. There's a theme of coping with trauma or not coping. There's themes of addiction. And there's themes of, let's face it, toxic masculinity. Now, what I mean by that is not, and I think I've talked about this before in, in like when we were discussing season one, but it's not, oh, all men are bad. It's there are certain qualities that modern Western society has, modern Western society especially, has drilled into boys as they become men that's hurtful to everyone. Whether it's, you know, oh, real men don't cry, boys don't cry. So that's how you get all sorts of men suppressing their feelings. And it's very bad when you do that, as we have seen on the show. You get, yeah, that whole, oh, this is what society expects of me. I need to be the top dog. I need to be the breadwinner. Uh, win, win, win. And that's, I think, what we're seeing with Price here. It's that entitlement of, I deserve this because, I mean, generally, just, I deserve this because I'm me. But the whole Jerry saying you got beat by a girl thing does add an extra layer into it. Again, I've mentioned this before. It's one of the things I like about the Marvel shows is they're able to look at, you know, these real world issues. Well, any sci-fi show, really, any sci-fi fantasy. You look at these real world issues from like a sideways point of view. So it's every it's like comics. It's exaggerated. It is comics. Talking about a Marvel based show. In the end, the monster, and I know Michelle doesn't like calling the character the monster. The monster goes in and basically takes all the material that the Price's agent stole from Jessica's place and also takes care of Price's agent and does so very brutally inside the van, dents the van. I mean, you got a van rumble going on there and the van loses just as much as the occupant did. But it's interesting to me. It doesn't matter what happens in there, the landlord's kid, whatever. Jessica automatically gets blamed for it. And I don't know. I don't think that's fair, but she constantly is blamed. Right, Michelle? Everyone knows she killed the purple man and they know she's a super and they know violence accompanies her. It's just so very easy to go, oh, you're so much trouble and you're standing next to this horrible event. You must have done it. And she hasn't done it. She didn't kill the wizard. She didn't push the kid out of the window. She just has bad timing. Completely bad timing. Yeah, it's that whole because you were there, because you're an unpleasant person, because you didn't smile, because you're stronger than other people, because of the nature of your job, you're in bad places all the time. And again, like I said, real world issues from that are just exaggerated, whether it's somebody from a specific gender, specific race, specific class, people with things. Hell, mental issues, people with things they can't control. But because it's easy to scapegoat that, it's like you're the one who gets blamed more often than other people. And it sucks. It, it is unfair. Uh, and in Jessica's case, 
Yeah, she just, it's like she was born under an unlucky star or something. She just, ever since that accident, her life's just been terrible, which gets a little bit discussed with fake Dr. Hansen, that she wishes she would have died with her family. She has survivor's guilt. She has anger about being a freak. She has anger, so she lashes out, and then people treat her badly in return. It's a horrible, unfair cycle. And yeah, it just, it sucks, but she still tries to do the right thing, ultimately, and that's, I think, what we as viewers see is tragic about it. Lots of stuff going on. I'm really enjoying this. It's really progressed really well over the last four episodes. I don't feel like it's dragged whatsoever. I mean, you have had some relationship stuff going on, but honestly, it's interesting. It's new characters, and it's interesting how it's going, at least to me. So with that, Lauren, is there anything else you'd like to talk about these two episodes in particular? Uh, just one thing. and. Earlier, Michelle, you were saying you don't like calling the killer the monster. They call the killer the monster on the show. And what we find out about, you know, this person being a patient, an experiment victim, whatever you want to call them, who was a product of this lab, I guess you could kind of compare them, at least from where I'm standing on episode four, to Frankenstein's monster somebody who was created in a situation beyond their control and then find themselves shunned from the glimpses that we see this character appears to have been affected physically kind of like in you know frankenstein the book they're very obviously made out of dead decaying body parts so it's this person who again like jessica is lashing out with anger rage why did you create me why wasn't I left dead? Maybe. But I look forward to seeing the parallels between the killer and Jessica. Michelle, any last words? No. <laughs> All right. We look forward to your last words once we get to the last end of the season. Next Sunday, we'll be talking about Jessica Jones, season two, episode five, a.k.a. The Octopus, and season two, episode six, a.k.a. FaceTime. We have some news this week. Uh, unfortunately, the COVID-19 virus has impacted Disney Plus shows. Disney has announced that it will temporarily shut down production on all of its upcoming Disney Plus Marvel shows and films amid the concerns. The news comes just after a few days Disney halted production on all its upcoming Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, the decision affects Marvel's shows currently in production, including Loki and WandaVision. Shows that are currently in pre-production will continue to work remotely until further notice. Oh, so, yeah, we have more entertainment victims of what's going on. Yeah, the uh, director of Shang-Chi, Destin Daniel Cretton, also paused production because they're shooting in Australia for this movie. And he has a newborn baby, so out of caution, decided to get tested. And he is isolating until he gets the results, just because, again, he has a newborn baby. Newborns are extremely vulnerable to all diseases. So it's, I think, 
a very wise decision for him to shut down, even if he tests negative, because it's caution, it's taking other people's health under advisement in addition to your own. I saw a visual on Twitter earlier today about kind of explaining the spread of disease or halting the spread of disease by isolating. There's a bunch of matches on one side that are burned. There's a space, the width of a match, and then there are unburned matches on the other side. And it's like, yeah, look what just removing one link, what difference that makes. Everybody that you would have come into contact with and they would have come into contact with and they would have come in contact with is safer. So while I'm really like, again, it's, it's hard not to be disappointed when something that you've been looking forward to gets delayed or something like that. I'd rather have more live people. Totally. I mean, there's been a lot of things that have been delayed, whatever. I mean, the movie that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson were filming, uh, The Bachelorette, if you're into that sort of thing, I'm not. But if you are, I mean, that was scheduled to begin production this weekend. It delayed at least two weeks. It's probably going to be longer than that. So actually, we had American Liberty in the chat room, and he said, proof that having quality back catalog of programming is important. I believe Disney Plus brings that forward. There is a lot of quality programming in there. Heck, I've got a whole list of streaming shows that I want to go ahead and watch. So yeah, having that back catalog and decent shows available is good in this particular case. New Mutants got delayed again. I forgot to mention that earlier. I was going to bring that up in context (laughs) with our last news story, but yes, the one thing that we all said, we'll believe it when we see it. Yeah, it's not (laughs) happening. I feel really bad for them, but it's, this is like the fourth time. And I, I don't know. I just like, again, I was just talking with somebody on Twitter the other day about, oh, it's supposed to finally be coming out. And I think me and Cody from Ohio, Default Prophet, were saying, oh, I'll believe it when I see it and have sat through the end credits. And not a day later, they announced they were delaying it. I get to see Cody on a routine basis, and we talk a lot about different things. And uh, he mentions Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. to me all the time. So, Hi, Cody. So, Cody, if you're listening, hi. Well, in our next piece, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. producers reveal a new still of Daisy Donchin's final season look. So we see a new still of Chloe Bennett's Agent Daisy Johnson in her Sunday best. As seen in the still, previously circulated, Bennett's characters adorned head-to-toe with period-specific clothing as the agents fight their way through the timeline. It looks kind of 1940-ish when you look at it. Somewhere in between there, I think. 1930, 1940s. Yeah, it's like that late 40s. You know how fashion tends between decades tends to have that mixed period in the middle for about two, three years until the new stuff starts taking effect? Yeah, it feels like that transitional 1940s into 1950s era for me, like late 40s, maybe. And honestly, there was a lot of that. I mean, if you want to get period specific after the war, there was a lot of people that were still digging themselves out of the Great Depression, the post-war time. So you would see those sorts of fashions and styles and whatever last into the early 50s. In my opinion, I did not live through that era. I don't know. I'll talk to my dad. He did. Looks good, though. I can't. This is an example of something that's on the shelf right now. Post-production is completely done with it. And I wouldn't be surprised if ABC and Disney go ahead and release this early 
just because they're trying to fill programming slots because of the halted production. Yes, a lot of TV shows have halted production, including like Batwoman, The Flash, all of that. Who knows when we're going to get certain season finales. But anyway, something else that is scheduled to happen is the Black Widow movie. We had the final trailer goes back to the beginning. The film is supposed to be released on May 1st. The movie takes place between Captain America Civil War and before Infinity War. I don't know. Do we think we're going to get it May 1st? No, unless they release it you know, simultaneously behind Disney Plus or something like that. At this point, I honestly don't think so because I'm looking at what happened in China right now and they took two to three months to recover. I think we're in that same window right now where May 1st would be inside that window. I just I don't see people wanting to go back out to the movie theaters in that time period because of COVID-19. We haven't talked a lot about it inside the podcast here. We are aware that there's a worldwide pandemic going on. It's called COVID-19, which is a version of a coronavirus. and you just don't want to be in big crowds of people. And a movie theater is exactly that. A big crowd of people that you're within six feet of other people for two to three hours. I don't think it's going to happen May 1st. Now, I think Disney's being optimistic right now. And they are towing the line. I think we'll see some changes eventually. But also, they're all looking at the everything else that they have on the schedule. And when is it going to come out? And also they're looking at worldwide. So will China be available to go back and see Black Widow on May 1st? Probably. I don't know when it's meant to premiere in China, but maybe they're thinking in terms of that. And just like the USA premiere will be later. I don't know what Disney's going to do. The years are very uncertain times as and honestly, in the past week, things have been changing on an hourly basis. So we just don't know what's going on. Do I think we're going to get Black Widow on May 1st? No, I don't. But that's just me. This might seem like it's slightly off topic, but I don't think it is. This past year, I got really, really back into wrestling. And I mean, not me doing it. That would be a terrible idea, but watching it. And the two biggest company, well, all of the companies right now have been canceling shows. WWE just released its first show with no audience on Friday. Apparently, it was very weird, like kind of surreal to watch. I haven't seen it. But my favorite company, AEW, is kind of taking everything in two-week blocks and reevaluating from there. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to, like SP said, take things as they come, but do it in, you know, two, three-week blocks just to be on the safe side because, I mean, quote-unquote safe, safe for them, safe financially. Because, yeah, right now it feels like everything's sort of holding its breath where we're at right now michelle what do you think we're gonna get this or not i don't know what i would like to see i don't want to see movie theaters go out of business but i think it's going to take time for them to recover because of all this it would be interesting to see sites like amc or regal be able to stream movies that are current for current almost not like exact ticket prices but for fees so that way they at least wouldn't I don't know, lose money. That's what I'm, unfortunately, I don't know about other countries, but in the United States, we don't have guaranteed paid leave. We don't have a lot of things. And not only are we worried about infection rates, we're also worried about the 
economic ramifications of all of this. And I don't, I just, I just don't want to see everyone to go out of business. Will it come out May 1st? I don't think so. Well, that's all the news that we have for this week, which is more than we've had in quite a while. So thank you very much for putting it together. And Lauren, how do you want to get this one out? I would like to yeet this one out. Thanks to everybody that has stuck through me and Michelle rattling on for a couple of months. It was very grateful that we finally got Lauren back. Yes, we've had Haley here and there, but Lauren, this marks hopefully your return on a more permanent basis. So thank you very much. Thank you to everybody who has been listening to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, this whole time. If you're new and you've picked us up because you're maybe doing an MCU rewatch, welcome. Haley, SP, Michelle, I'd like to thank y'all for everything. The past couple months have been not the easiest in a variety of ways in my life. And not being able to do this on a weekly basis was starting to make me a little stir crazy and i've missed talking with y'all so thank you guys for just being here we love you so much and i've missed you a lot so i'm really happy that you're back and like to thank everyone for sticking with us we're talking about shows that are two years old as we wait for our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So thank you for listening and perhaps you'll be watching it like I am or watching it for the first time. And either way, thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Hello. How are you doing? All right. How are you doing? And in there, I just ordered a new 4K TV. Any particular reason why? Yeah, because it was really cheap. It's the cheapest it's been on Amazon. And uh, I was going to buy one anyway for the great room. And after watching the one in the living room, which is smaller, it's only 40 inches. So I was like, we should probably upgrade now while we can. And it's cost is cheap. And then, right. My, um, my daughter's going to be moving into an apartment this fall, and yeah, you can have this one. Just up to store it until she leaves, but we have all our stuff at home now, too, because we just moved her back yesterday and the day before. I figured if I'm going to be home anyway, as well enjoy something for a few weeks, you know?
Hey there. Hey. Sound good? Yeah, this is my new recording closet. Did you get a whole closet to yourself? I did. Nice. Yes, I'm happy. I got a ring light coming in so that I won't look so orange. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. I've been toying. They're really affordable now. Like a few years ago when I was lighting my studio, they were not affordable. They are really affordable now. I was looking them up. Yeah, I guess about two years ago. They're like two hundred to yeah to two thousand or something like that. Now they're twenty five to two hundred. Yeah, I'm getting a pretty good just like ring light for streaming for twenty. Are you gonna get a selfie ring light too? They they have those now. You gonna get one? Yeah, I know they do. Uh, You can buy them at the dollar store. Yeah, features crazy. Yeah, probably not all that good. Maybe the wrong colorization and definitely a flimsy bracket and whatever but hey whatever works yeah Ooh, only downside is it gets really warm in here yeah but just gonna get warmer yep at least right now since it's not you know i don't have to be audiobook quality i can just leave the door open get some air from the office yeah, the upside is you don't have any fan noise in there either Yes, I'm not right next to the AC anymore. And I don't have that huge window behind me anymore. (laughs) With the light. (laughs) Yeah. But we don't have any cats behind you. Well, used to been for about a week ago, up until about a week ago. Okay, Pike is outside screaming because both me and Scott are in here with the doors closed. And we've had to start closing them out because Tonk started... Stress pooping in here. Uh, he pooped on my audio equipment. That was fun. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it's stress poop, so it's not good poop. We had to take him to the vet. But, yeah, so for the next month, both cats are going to have to be locked out of the office. Just until we can make sure that everything's returning to normal and he's behaving. Yeah. It's understandable, though, for a cat when you move to yeah, another location. Always, he always has. He's on Xanax right now. We had Pike on Xanax for the move, but it turns out that in a percentage of people and animals, uh, there's a thing called a paradoxical reaction to Xanax, where instead of calming you down, it makes you homicidal. Ooh. So Pike tried to kill everyone for about a week until it was out of his system he's better now he really likes this apartment but we have a big window and there's birds for him to watch he loves those damn birds yeah he does doesn't he Mm -hmm. i remember him uh, talking to him oh yeah yeah he gets really mad if the windows aren't open during the day so he could see them are you gonna have to close them to um, mitigate the temperature when it gets warmer out i don't know Prob- I, d- I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay. Well, good luck. Yeah. So, Lauren, do you yes. have a because of? I do, and I have a prop for it. Okay, good. Because oh, I've been doing them for so long. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm Okay, my pain right now is at a four. It's been at like a seven, eight, nine for the past couple of months. So... I'm taking this as a win. I'm trying to enjoy it while I can. I have injections in two weeks. How is the kitty doing? 
Good. She's doing good. She's so pretty. Yeah, she's getting into trouble a couple of times. Michelle's had to uh, <laughs> stop talking or lean over and shoo the kitty around. Yeah. Yep, that's a cat. Oh, she's so cozy. Just randomly. So every time I think of Terre Haute, I think of the stand. There's a chapter in the book at the very beginning. There's a character named the Trash Can Man. And he's from, like, for a while there, he was in, like, a mental facility in Terre Haute and ends up burning it down after everything goes down. So he's driving by there. So anytime I think of Terre Haute, that's what I think of. <laughs> yeah. I've been to Terre Haute. I've never been. I've never been. There's so many places I haven't been. It's okay. You're not really missing much. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're really no, it's, that's fair. True. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.